Good morning. Okay, take the lid off. <laughs> we took the lid off. We took the lid off. We're breaking the, the, the spirit of containment according to what Lana Valzer says. The curse of containment that can be on our lives. The enemy can put us, uh, try to, to put a cap on us. How many of you know God wants you to operate in the freedom that he wants you to operate in? Paul puts it this way. I got the freedom to do whatever I want to do, but some of the things that I do may not be good for me. <laughs> so how many have you ever done some of the things that weren't too good for me? You're right. That's right. And, and how did that work? We, we wanted to be able to, to learn from that. I want to take a real quick uh, moment and just say thank you to, to Lon and Casey for you guys doing the church lawns. I want to thank you very much for doing that. It's a lot of work. Um, 100 degree heat. Can we give them a hand clap of praise for that? So thank you guys. I know they'll be mad at me for pointing them out and, and, and giving them glory, but I want to be able to do that. You know, and Susanna, thank you for helping clean up the church. So let's give her a hand clap of praise for that. We, we definitely have needed this. Um, you know, we're in a transition period. Catherine's online. Let's give Catherine a hand clap of praise. She's online. She's taking care of some things in, in New Mexico where, where they're, uh, where they're currently at. And, um, we're believing that God's going to bring some things to pass that they're believing God for. So I just wanted to take a minute and just to say thank you. Real quickly, Africa, we've been ministering there for quite a long time. I think it was 2015. 2009 you went 2009 so I went 2008 or seven something like that so I've we've been there five times I've been there five times one time with Shelly and we were sharing the story about the Geico that was in the air conditioner unit that the gecko that yeah what did I say Geico oops sorry about that <laughs> commercial yeah that's what everybody thinks about that so it was funny because we got there and we got situated and we were in Mon, which was north and it took us a while to to travel because we traveled from abidjan to yamasukuro which was the capital and um we stayed there overnight and then we went up to to Mon after that so that was like a six eight hour drive um just in those two days that we did and we got in there and they had buckets five gallon buckets of water one was for to pour in the commode when you used it the other one was um you could use to take a shower out of so you know it's like one hot water they drop it off every morning and then we got there they said hey make sure that when you go in your room we had two rooms it was a bathroom which was pretty good sized bathroom and then a, a bedroom living room kitchen all combination all at once it didn't have any any running water or anything like that in it but the air conditioner was going it was going so they said check your air conditioner make sure it's blowing cold and if it's not let us know and it was making that sound so i contacted our missionary and said hey you want to come take a look at it so shelly's in the bathroom She's uh, um, freshening up, and we're in that bedroom area, and he hits that air conditioner, poof, and out flies this gecko with its legs cut off and everything, you know what I mean, because of that fan hit it, right? Out flies the gecko, and Jim, Jim Lasseter is standing next to me, and Shelly goes, what is it? And Jim goes, oh, it's a, and I reached over there and put my hand on his mouth, because I knew if he told her it's a gecko, she wouldn't have, she'd be sleeping with her eyes open like this. And I said, oh, 
I lied to her. Lord, forgive me, and he's forgiven me. I, I, I did like that to Jim, and I was like, Jim, no, no. And I said, oh, it's just a piece of paper, honey. And we found some toilet paper, and we picked him up, and I put him in there and flushed him on down, right? It was like never told her any difference until after we got back, uh, you know, maybe six months later or something. But you never know what we come up against. So that 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 crusade, we were there, and I wasn't speaking that day, and and I started just feeling really sick. And they took us back to the the the, the compound that we were in, and it was that's what it was. And in there was a United Nations guy, and they told us they said, "Listen, United Nations are not your friend." And some of you, if you don't know what the United Nations is about, need to find out because they're not the friend of the America. The United Nations are not your friend. So we go in, right, and there's the rooms in there, and we walk by and we see the net over his bed. And Shelly's like, the United Nations guy is here. (laughs) And we're by ourselves. I'm like, it'll be okay, honey. It'll be all right. You know, we got to station angels on around us to protect us and keep us. But sometimes these things happen, but we didn't have any other problems. Uh, I rested that day. The next day we were able to preach. Many came to the Lord. And I'm excited about being able to be back. They wanted us to come. A few years ago we were invited. Uh, one time they said, we cannot guarantee your safety so you, we, wouldn't, we, we didn't go. And then, you know, the situation with our, our family and, our, and, uh, and the fire and that situation there, you know, they were praying for us. Dr. Dion uh, sent personal messages to us, um, kept up with every situation, was asking about what was taking place with our family. And so he's, he's been involved with us personally. He's seen us and, um, and spoken with Jim through through Jim spoken to us and really encouraged us and I'm excited about being able to go and I'm excited about you guys going. Shelly said that you guys are going with me and that's exactly right. You are going with me and I appreciate all of the uh, the prayers most of all. I am going to try to do something. I may do a video or two and send them out to you guys if that would be all right. We're trying to see if that text in church system would be able to handle the videos so we're um, I might be able to do a short video and kind of update you guys as we go. Amen. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, let's get it. Let's take, uh, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? We could go to Romans. We could go to Revelations. Let's go to, let's go to Colossians chapter 1 first. But I want to talk about breaking the spirit of containment. And we have talked about there was two things that we need about breaking this spirit of containment over us. If those of you that are not familiar with this, go back online, try to look at that, try to listen to um, the messages leading up to today. We talked about two different things that you can do to break the spirit of containment. And the first one was you had to do something in the natural. We have to do something in the natural. If God wants the chair to be moved, God's not going to come down and move that chair. He's going to have his sons and daughters move that chair. Amen. So there's something that's going to take place in the natural. And that's to be able to believe for increase. Say that with me. Believe for increase. Come on, everybody. Believe for increase. It's okay to believe for increase. I'm not talking about with your weight. I'm not talking about with anything else like that. I'm talking about the the increase that God wants to bring in his life. Because we go from glory to glory to glory. Come on, every increase to glory to glory to glory. We go from faith to faith to faith to faith. See what I'm saying? It's increasing. It's not decreasing. Are there times where there was some decrease in our lives? There can be some times where you decrease some things, but you're decreasing to be able to what? 
increase. You're decreasing to be able to increase. And, and there's a lot of different things we want to make sure that we begin to start believing God for increase. So we're praying, asking you guys to pray. Ask what it is that God wants you to begin to increase on. If it's you want a promotion, then maybe get knowledge. Maybe go take some schooling, do some things in the natural. Um, listen to video, tube, YouTube, whatever it is, and begin to grow in that information and knowledge. And the second one, number two, was spiritual. And that's what we're going to kind of focus on today is we're going to talk about the spiritual. Everybody say spiritual, spiritual. So there's the natural and the spiritual. There's natural and the spiritual. Some do just the spiritual. You may miss out on the natural. If you do just the natural, you're definitely going to miss out on what the spiritual things that God wants to do in and through you because of our covenant relationship with God, we carry a breakthrough anointing. Because of our covenant relationship with God, we carry a breakthrough anointing. You are a breakthrough person. Oh, come on. I got to wake you guys up today. You're a breakthrough person. You are designed for breakthrough. How do I get over this situation? You're going to have to break through some areas in our lives. We've got to break out of our soulish realm into the spiritual realm. We've got to say, my soul doesn't rule. My spirit rules. Because I'm a breakthrough person, and there's breakthrough coming in my life. Does anybody need a breakthrough in the house? I do. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough with our family. I need a breakthrough with our friends. We need breakthroughs with the church. I need the finances. I could go down the list. I need a breakthrough with peace, and I need a breakthrough with understanding. I need a breakthrough with wisdom. I need a breakthrough to understand what's going on in this world. Can somebody give me an amen? So I'm a breakthrough person. Say that with me. I'm a breakthrough person. Let's say it again. I'm a breakthrough person. Now, let's say it like we mean it. Put your chest out a little bit. I'm a breakthrough person. I'm ready to get a breakthrough. If it's not going to happen for you, then let it happen for me. Amen? But I'm a breakthrough person. God wants and has designed you to operate and have an anointing on your life because of the covenant that we have with God to be a breakthrough person. This anointing is to be able to exceed and excel and be overcomers because the Bible calls us conquerors. Conquerors. Romans 8, 37. Don't turn there. But it says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Is there a situation in your life that you're thinking, yeah, pastor. You say, I'm a conqueror, but this thing's kicking my hiney. Yeah. It's, it's, sometimes we get to that way. But it's got to wait a minute. I've got to rise up above that. That may be in the natural. I've got to step into the spiritual and understand who I am in Christ. And I am a more than a conqueror. So today, today, real quick, I want you to see that you are spiritually positioned for a breakthrough. Why? Because the law of the firstborn or the blessing of the firstborn. So that we we're dealing with the near natural to remove the lid. We're dealing with the spiritual to remove the lid. And how many of you ever heard of the law of the firstborn or the blessing of the firstborn. Can I, hands? Okay. How many of you not heard of the blessing of the firstborn? Okay. We got, how many of you just aren't going to raise your hand no matter what? <laughs> okay, now you raise your hand. So that's good because it's about 50-50. Because sometimes when we read the word of God, we may not realize and understand some of the things that are in there. And we may see a scripture and it talks about the blessing of the firstborn 
or the firstborn of the dead. And we're going to do this real quick. I want to look at this because I want to see today, I want you to see today that you are positioned for breakthrough. That anything that's holding your, you back, you can break out of it. Oh, come on, somebody. Anything that's holding you back, you can break out of it. You can break out of it. You can break out of it. The firstborn was given special privileges. So when somebody was born first, they were given special privileges. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm the youngest of five, so I'm not the firstborn. And then they actually talk about in Israel was the firstborn male. So the firstborn male got special privileges. Do we have any firstborn male in here? Okay, one, two, okay. Okay, short, another one. Okay, another one. Good, 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 good. So there are special privileges that come from that. So my brother was born before I was, so I'm not the firstborn male. He's the firstborn male. But they were given special privileges above all the other family members. So the law of the firstborn, uh, firstborn is, number one, spiritual authority. When you understand this law of the firstborn or the blessing of the firstborn, then you're going to understand that that firstborn receives a spiritual authority. It receives a priestly blessing over all of the extended family. In other words, you can stand in and take responsibility for past or present issues and authority in the spiritual realm as the firstborn. And not just those of you that raised your hand that was the firstborn. So the other thing is there's a judicial authority, which is like a kingly anointing, which is a natural authority of government rule. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors, right? We, you heard me give you the scripture on that one. The Bible says that we are kings and priests. Say it with me. Kings and priests. Look, if you knew who you were sitting next to... <laughs> You know what I mean? We're sitting next. You're sitting next. Ladies, they're sitting next to queens over there. I'm telling you, there's some kings and queens. Actually, they're really all kings if you really want to look at it. And Jesus is the what? King of. So we're all kings. And, And ladies, if you can be a king, I'm okay with being part of the bride of Christ. Come on. If you're okay with the, the male part of the kings, then I'm okay with saying, hey, I'm, I'm the bride of Christ with you. So it really brings a kingly anointing. That's a natural authority. There is government rule. There is rule you can take in your home and say, I put my foot down, not in this place. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The third thing I want you to look at about the firstborn is the double portion blessing. We want to skip all the other part. We just want to get to the double portion, baby. Give me twice, baby. Give me double for my trouble. (laughs) When the enemy comes at me one way, he's going to leave in seven and then give me my double. Where's my double? I'm going to double my money. I've always told you the best way to double your money is fold it in half and put it in your pocket. So the firstborn sons would account, would, would, they would experience tremendous warfare. So that's why as when you become a Christian, when you become a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, there's going to be warfare in your life. If it's real easy... You better get ready spiritually because there's going to be a war that's going to begin to break out and you're going to need to be able to do that. So you can look at, we can go through the Bible and we can begin to look at some things of those that were firstborn uh, and received this firstborn blessing. How many of you know Cain was firstborn? 
Cain. Cain and Abel, Cain was first born. There was a blessing on his life. He got mad, forfeited that blessing. Come on, somebody. Esau was the firstborn. Reuben was the firstborn. So there is tremendous pressure as a firstborn for you to give up your right. The right as a firstborn, for you to give your rights up as a, as a child of the Most High God. You, you, there's a battle that can be so strong and understand it's a war for you to get you off of being the king and the priest that God's created you to be. So we're going to get into some scriptures. I want us to look at this. The most significant characters, I talked a little bit about Cain, Esau, Reuben, and there's such a blessing and authority tied to the firstborn. First Corinthians, or sorry, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I hope I put it up here. I did. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, let's look at some scriptures that talk about the firstborn. Because on this firstborn, you receive special privileges. As a firstborn, you're entitled to a double portion of the inheritance. How many of you know there's an inheritance for us? And God wants you to have that inheritance now and not just when you die, go to heaven. How many of you know I've, I got the inheritance of forgiveness I was forgiven because of the blood of Christ, and my sins have been forgiven. Come on, somebody. And I don't have to die and go to heaven to be able to receive that forgiveness. I receive the forgiveness right in here, right now. Can I get an amen? Okay, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Who's he talking about? Who's the Son? Come on. Who's the son? Jesus. It's got a capital S for Jesus. The son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him. He's the firstborn over all creation. He's the one with these rights, with these privileges. He's the one with the superiority. He's the one with dignity. Come on, somebody. Right? When we look at Jesus, he was perfect. He was perfect. He walked this earth Perfect meaning mature. He was mature in the things of God. Not perfect where you never make a mistake, although he never made mistakes. We make mistakes. But I am maturing to the point where the mistakes that I make, I don't either continue to make them, like Paul says. Some of them I do. It isn't going to be good for me. Or I don't walk in those things that may cause me irreparable harm. Come on, somebody. So we look at this, and he says he's the firstborn over all creation. The firstborn, do you realize even in some of the eastern, oriental, eastern countries, the firstborn, the blessing of the firstborn was there and they would actually hold title. So if the father passed on, the oldest son would actually operate with the funds. It's kind of like there would be a trust. Y'all understand a little bit about a trust, family trust, whatever. All the money's put into this trust and the father dies, then the firstborn son is the executor of that trust. Does that make sense? So those things would be there. But with that firstborn came certain responsibilities. Israel, the nation of Israel, was Jehovah's firstborn. Okay? 
What about Israel? They're the firstborn. When you look at the principles of Israel, that is Jehovah, Jehovah God. That is our God's, uh, the Father. It's his son. Firstborn is Israel, the nation Israel. So when you see that in the word, you may look at that. So it means they were put in the highest position. Okay? The firstborn's put in, is Jesus in the highest position? Right. He's above us, right? He's above angels. Come on, he's above anything on this. And that's what it was talking about. Those things created in heaven and in the earth and visible and invisible. All of those things are under Jesus. Let me go on, verse 17. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, and there it is, the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have what? Supremacy. Everything he might have. Jesus is the head, the alpha, the beginning, the number one, the letter one, alpha, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. Come on. He's the king over what? Kings. When I would read that scripture for years, I thought it meant he was the king over the kings of the earth, another over the presidents and everything else. And I feel like that as I studied and realized that I'm a king and I'm a priest and who's my king? His name's Jesus. So he's the king over, oh, come on, somebody. You're a king. You have the, because of the firstborn, we're going to see this firstborn blessing was not just for Jesus, but it was for all of his kingdom and all of the, if I could say it this way, subjects in his kingdom, all of the kings in his kingdom. That's me. Okay? So Jesus is the king over what? Kings. He's the king over the priests. That's us. We came from that line where when Jesus was a king and a priest, David was a king and a priest. King David, he was a king and a priest. Jesus was from that mold. That was a type and shadow. Oh, come on. I wish you could hear me. That was a type and shadow of Jesus was David, the King David. And he was a king and a priest. He operated in a kingly and a priestly anointed. There were times where David didn't know what to do. And he said, bring me the ephod. And it was, it was that priestly garment because he went from being the king to being the priest. And he was both. So you understand that? So you are going to operate as a king and a priest. Can you pray? Absolutely. Does God hear you? Well, he hears you more than he hears me. You know what I mean? You could say, well, Pastor Eric, he may hear Pastor Eric, but he doesn't hear me. No, that's not true. He hears you too. And your prayers are just as important as mine or Shelley's or Virginia's or Jerry's or anybody else's. You know what I mean? Your, your, your prayers are just as important. So let's go back. Let me, I'm trying to, trying to unload a whole bunch on you this morning. As he, the head of the body, the church, he's the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead so that everything he might have the supremacy. Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. I put form from the dead so that he gave him a priestly and kingly authority to rule over all the matters of heaven. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verses 28, 29, and we're going to go ahead and look at 30 and 31. While you guys are turning to Romans, Romans 8, 28, I'm going to grab a drink of water. We love this number 28, don't we? He says, we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. 
And then we just stop there, don't we? <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to stop right there. God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God's working that thing out, if you'll let him, in you. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I could give you some testimony of some stuff, some junk that God worked out for me, inside of me. Hello? And it goes on in verse 29. For those whose God foreknew, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the what? Heir of the firstborn or firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You ever notice that word predestined? There's a whole theology out there about predestined and all this other stuff. I'm not a predestined purpose person, but uh, my understanding about predestiny means that he has prepared a destiny for us in advance. He's prepared a destiny for us in advance. There's a predestiny. It's God predained us to live with the firstborn blessing. You just don't know about it. Some know about it, may not understand it a whole lot. Half of you didn't really know anything about it. He's predestined us to live for this. This is part of an inheritance. I need the inheritance that Jesus, when he died, how many of you know people have to die? Most of the time people die before they get an inheritance, right? My kids aren't getting any inheritance till after we die, unless Shelly gives it all to them. But <laughs> you heard her laugh, right? Uh, so, you know, but, but here's the thing. Again, there has to be the death. The inheritance takes place. It's the way society is. You know what I mean? And it's the way it's designed, and it's actually designed that way as an inheritance. But how many of you know when we received a, an inheritance from Jesus, Gracie, we received the inheritance because Jesus died. Hey, I, I need peace, right? That's part of my inheritance. Do I need it now or would you just rather have it in heaven? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need forgiveness. Do I need it now? <laughs> yes, I need it now. You know what I mean? I get it in heaven. I'm going to have it in heaven. Come on. Are you with me? So what happens is we think the blessing of the firstborn might be for heaven, and God say, no, no, it's for now here on the earth, and we can operate in that. So God predestined us as the firstborn just as Jesus does. He says these things. Didn't Jesus himself say, look, hey, there's some greater things that you're going to do because I'm going to go and be with the Father. Greater than Jesus? We're doing something greater than Jesus? So the blessing of the firstborn is ours because of Christ. Can I get a hand clap of praise on that one? It's because of Christ. It's ours. It's our, here's the deal. You can access it or you can not access it. We can access the blessing of the firstborn or we can allow our thoughts, our ideas, our uh, understanding, our sim how simply we've figured it out. Where's my little thing? Oh, behind me. Thank you. We can, we can allow all of that stuff, right? We can allow all of the stuff and say, ah, nah, it's not really for me. And guess what I'm doing? I'm putting a lid. I'm containing myself. I'm restraining myself. Come on, somebody. Because somebody said, oh, no, you got to be careful. If, you know, if God gives you blessing, you got to be careful. 
What do you mean you got to be careful? Let God give you the blessing. Amen. And there's people that I know of that they're like, I'm not ashamed of the blessing of the Lord. The Lord is, he said, he said he's going to give you a blessing in what? He's going to make you rich and add no sorrow to it. Come on. There's some things, and we're not talking about just rich in finances. There's rich in peace, rich in joy, rich in health, rich in all of these different things, and we can receive that as the things of God, right? Romans 8, 30. Real quick, I'm almost done here. Romans 8, chapter chapter 8, verse 30. And those he predestined, listen, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And then we shall say in response to these things, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, you, are, you, you have victory. I mean, I mean, I sat in the doctor's office when he came in. And I know this is personal stuff, and I don't usually share a lot of this personal stuff. I sat in that. And he told me what I had to have done to my face and my head and all this other stuff. And I'm, I'm six, seven weeks past that. But when I sat in that office, uh, Shelly can tell you, I was about, I was speechless. Because there was a lot going through my mind. And I was mad and I was angry and I was like, this is not what I prayed for, believed God for, stood for. I was, I was just like, I couldn't speak because basically I said, is there other options? And he said, well, they can graft from your rear end or whatever, put that on your nose and everything. But then, but then what? The, your leg. Okay. And they, and then, and the, but it would wrinkle up and it may, you know, give you a pokey Pinocchio pointed nose or something like this and then and then they can do this but it doesn't have the oxygen to hold the graft and all this other stuff so it's got to come from up here on your head and I'm telling you as I was sitting there almost in silence and it was like he was looking at me like do 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 and I was going no matter what I'm still a child of God No matter what I got to go through, God, you said you would never leave me nor forsake me. No matter what I've got to do, I've got to make a decision on this. And I just said, okay, God, if I'm going to have this surgery, then I know you're going to help me walk through it. And there was people that I'd talked to is like, you know, I'm having this surgery. And they're like, ah, no big deal. You haven't walked by the mirror and looked at the elephant man lately. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, my gosh. But it was some of these things. This was this battle that was going on with inside of me. And it was, it was those things that I was saying, okay, if I've been justified, I've been glorified, and say, what then I can say? These things that God is with me. If God is with me, who can be against me? So he's going to be with me through the, through the surgery. I actually, we prayed for the surgeon. surgeon. I said, can I pray for you? Of course, I was in the waiting room or the whatever that little room was where they gave me the started to give me ready prep room or whatever. And he came in and I said, can I pray with you? And he said, yeah, you know, I prayed for him. I prayed for his hands, his gifts, his ability. But I said, God, you're going to use him and bring healing power on my body. Can I get an amen? So he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? What about if the next time you came up against a situation issue in your life and you said, God, you're for me, not against me. I'm going to work this thing out. God, you're for me, not against me. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a kid. 
Yeah, my kid, there is no parent that I don't see that doesn't love their kids. Even if they get caught up in, in, in drugs or alcohol or bondages or anything else, there's still a love that they have for their children. And there's nothing that, that and God says, there's nothing that can separate him from this love. Nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. He goes on and says, God is for us. Who can be against us? Hang on just a second. I'll let you know. So he goes on and he says, who can be against us? So God has given you, listen to me, a kingly anointing. You can take it or leave it. I want you to take it. I want you to walk in it. God has given you a priestly anointing. You can take it or leave it. The truth is, if you take it, you remove the lid. If you say, nah, that's not for me, that's for Pastor Eric, you're using the lid. He's given you a kingly anointing. You can rule, government, wise. Hey, in my household, not in this household. I'm not doing that, not doing this here. I'm going to pray and have peace no matter what. The lid's off. Or you can just say, hey, you know what? Nah, that's not for me. And you can put the lid back on. Is this making any sense? There's a natural authority that God's given you. He's given you authority in the natural. You've got a certain sphere realm where you have authority and it takes this off. When you operate in that authority, it takes this off. If you say, nah, I don't care, you put the lid back on. You're getting this, John, you get it? So it's like not only is there that natural authority, there's a spiritual authority. Well, you know, that's that spiritual stuff. Preachers just want you to do that stuff. No, because it takes the lid off. When you believe God's word and you walk in faith, guess what happens? Whoop, there it is. There you are. See the you? That's you. Now there's no lid on that situation. There's no lid on that circumstance. So it doesn't matter what comes against you. When you understand and realize that you are born of God, you have power and privileges to deal with it. Tell your neighbor you can deal with it. Come on, tell your neighbor you can deal with it. You can deal with it. You can deal with that situation. You've got certain powers and privileges and authority, and that you'll step up and take that authority, then things will begin to happen and change in your life. Can I get an amen? Okay, real quick, last couple scriptures. Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. People are like, oh, he's in Revelations. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you, to him who is and who was and who is to come from the seven spirits before the throne and from Jesus Christ, who is faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us (laughs) From our sins by his blood. Look, I don't know. Maybe I was just the bad sinner and I got freed from that. So every time I read this, something leaps in me and says, I'm freed from my sins and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that alone ought to make me happy. I mean, you know what he's done for me? Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done, right? He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. <laughs> I'm going to praise his name. Anyways, let me get back to the word. <laughs> He's made us to be a kingdom. Here it is. You're like, I don't know about this king stuff, preacher. I don't know about this priest. I'm not a priest. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not 
don't have no collar. And it goes on, it says he freed us from the sins by his blood, and he's made us to be a kingdom of what? Priests, to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Do you know what he's saying here? Do you know what he's saying? He's saying that you have are the firstborn from the dead. And when you accept Jesus Christ, he is the firstborn from the dead. And that same anointing, privileges, power that Jesus walked in, you can walk in. What? <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yes, you can have victory over the enemy. Come on, somebody. You can understand and have wisdom and overcome the schemes of the enemy. When we become believers and followers of Christ, we have a kingly and a priestly anointing that is put on our lives because of Jesus Christ. Listen, if they don't have Jesus, they don't have that. I wish they would, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. If they don't have Jesus, if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll never operate in the kingly and priestly anointings. And then some of you realize, well, I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Well, then you, you don't know that you can operate in that. And that's where the enemy keeps you. Because if he can keep the truth and he keep it hidden from you, then you won't stand up and say, I'm speaking to that storm right now, and it's not going to come to Woodward, Oklahoma. Hello? What would happen if 20,000 people in Woodward stood up and pointed at that TV of the prophecy that the guy on the TV is saying, it's coming, it's coming, there's the swirl. I mean, I can't imagine what it does to, to, to Jody and Sean. They're, they're standing up going, no, 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 no. What about if 20,000 of us stood up and said, no, no, no. You don't think something's going to shift in the spiritual realm? It's going to shift because we can step up and take our kingly and priestly anointing. He became the firstborn from the dead, Jesus Christ. And he has the kingly and priestly anointing. And in Matthew 28, when he says, go here, I, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. It's been given to me. He says, now go, therefore, what? Make disciples. Teach them about the kingly and priestly anointing. Teach them about their authority and their privileges in God. Come on, somebody. Are you listening to me? That's what's breaking the spirit of containment in our lives. But the kingly and priestly anointing, the natural and the spiritual anointing and authority, it, it's enough to break the bond of death off of Jesus Christ. Then don't you think it's enough to help you deal with the situation and the circumstance that you have in your life? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You getting it? Somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it. Listen, hell couldn't contain him. We're talking about breaking the spirit of containment. Hell couldn't contain him. Death couldn't contain him. Are you with me? The grave couldn't contain him because he was dealing with removing that spirit of containment over his life because he operated in the kingly and the priestly anointed. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me today? Because we got to begin to rise up 
rise up and say, no, no, I heard about this in church, and I'm going to walk in that. So I say no to that, and I say no to that, and I say yes to this of God, and I say yes to this of God, and I say yes to this of God, and I'm going to walk in that kingly and priestly anointing. Because if it couldn't contain Jesus, then it sure isn't going to contain me. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. If it's that kingly and anointing, it broke through death, then it's going to take care of your situation. It's going to take care of your circumstance. Listen, it ought to be enough to break that debt. Oh, come on. It ought to be enough to break that debt that you have. It ought to be enough to be able to break that bad attitude that you have. Come on. It ought to be enough to, to, to take those care of those problems at work that you have. It ought to be enough to overcome that sickness situation that you have. Listen, your problems couldn't be as big as that. And he went through hell for three days and three nights, and it could not contain him. It couldn't hold him back. Come on, somebody. And in Hebrews, it talks about, in chapter 12, verse 23, the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. He's not talking about the denomination of the firstborn. He's talking about when you become a representative of Jesus Christ, you can operate as a church, as, as in the church of the firstborn, him being the firstborn of many of us that are firstborn, and it's an exclusive church. I'm a son, you're a son, you're a daughter. I'm king. I'm priest. Some of us are just going to have to say that in the mirror every single day. I get up, I'm a king. You're a king. You're a good-looking king. You're a good-looking king. You're a good-looking king. You're a priest. I'm a priest today. I'm praying for somebody today. I'm a priest. I'm taking my situation. I'm, I'm anointed. I'm in the natural. I'm in the spiritual. I'm going to break the spirit of containment off my life. And you might say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I wasn't born first in my family. It's not about what you're born first in your family. I'm not talking about flesh and blood. It's for everybody here, male and female. Come on, all kinds of faith that we have in God. And we don't have the faith that God, what God's done for us. I'm going to take this firstborn blessing and I'm going to start walking in it. I'm going to continue walking. And I, many years ago, and it was like, you know what? I'm going to walk in it. No matter what's happened to me, I still have the firstborn blessing on my life. Can I get an amen? God can do it. Say he can do it. I believe that 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 he can do it. I believe he can do it in us and through us. In us and through us. He can do it in your life. He can do it for you. 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 And that's who you are. When you when Christ is your Lord and Savior, then you have the firstborn blessing. Somebody say, I have the firstborn blessing. Come on, let's do it again. I have the firstborn blessing because Jesus is my Lord that's that's what I have and you may have to say that over and over and over and over and over again I'm the firstborn of God I'm the firstborn of God I'm the firstborn can he have hundreds and millions of firstborns absolutely absolutely because of what Christ has done for us Jesus made us the firstborn Jesus made us the firstborn are you ready to walk in that firstborn blessing? I got some stuff. I got I to gotta keep this container off me, right? I got to keep this lid off me. I got to keep that lid off because I may go through tomorrow and, and, and start acting like that lid's on there. Hello? 
And I've got to remove that lid. Got to remove that lid. I 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 can't let that thing come on me. And all of a sudden, it'll be sneaking on there. And all of a sudden, I'll realize that it's been put over me again. Jesus made us the firstborn blessing. Next week, I want us to look at the, the covenant promises and the breakthrough. And here's, a, here's an assignment. Genesis 38. I want you to read Genesis 38 this week. Genesis 38. And those of you that are, that are new, been in the, get in the Word, you get into the Old Testament, you, this is going to be like a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> Genesis 38. There's a lot of stuff in that chapter. You're like, what? Is all this in the middle of God's mess? Because God is in the middle of messes. Come on. He's in the middle of messes. Will you stand to your feet for me this morning? As part of a firstborn blessing, there's a, there's a confession that I try to do every day. I've got, got it printed out, and, and I got it from, from Rhett Benefield, was where it really came from. But I want you to say this after me. Say, today, I am so grateful for God's amazing blessings. Goodness and kindness to me and my family. I'm excited about the future. I have expectant faith for unlimited blessing and favor. My whole family lives in divine health. <laughs> Come on, let's say that one again. My whole family lives in divine health and abundantly prospers. Wealth, is, wealth and riches are in my house. I am kind, especially to my family. I pray always in faith. I love God's Word, and it dwells in me richly. I worship you, Father, in spirit and in truth. I am optimistic. I am cheerful. I am happy. Today, come on, today is a wonderful day. I have the blessing of the firstborn. I believe it and I receive it in Jesus' name. Somebody needs to give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. The lids are being removed. 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 Just put your hands up to the Lord. Just close your eyes just a minute. I want you to begin to start seeing that lid being removed. That lid being removed. Pity and, and anger and bitterness and guilt and shame. It's removing that lid. It's removing that lid. God, you're going to walk in what Jesus has. You're going to walk in Jesus' name. You're going to have the mind of Christ. You're going to walk in the things of God. You're going to believe God farther more than what you are believing God for right now. You're going to begin to walk in His peace. You're going to begin to walk in His Spirit. And you're going to let Him work in your lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. We want, to, we want to just let you know that God loves you tremendously and he's removing some lids. So get ready as you are being, the Bible calls us, changed and transformed into his image and into his likeness. It's a transformation process that's taking place. We bless you today. We send you forth. Go forth in his power and his might. God bless you. If you have prayer today, want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come on up. Let me pray for you. Let others pray for you. God bless you. Have a great afternoon in the Lord. Amen.